comes out of this service in Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. With a big smile on your face. Love on somebody today. Come on, shake somebody's hand. God is good and he is good all the time. Praise God. We serve a good God. I said we serve a good God. I said we serve a good God. I want to say it again. We serve a good God. Hallelujah. I want to say it another time. We serve a good, good, good God. Anybody else in here believe that we serve a good God? Let's pick up where we left off on last week. We're ministering to the unmarried, but of course, marriage will get a whole lot out of this. Can't go backwards to go forwards today for time's sake. But let me just say this, folks. God is not confused. In the beginning, God made them male and female. Their purpose was to procreate. So the only thing that procreates is a what? Male and a female. Anything else is a distortion of the image of God. Male and female was made in the image of God. So all of these different images that we're seeing in our world today that that say they're representing love are really a distortion of what true love is. And, And we allow God to define really what it is. And so the world is calling it love, but we know that God defined it as lust. And if anybody in here is like me, I'm on God's side. And so I'm going to call it what God called it, and I'm going to live it the way God called for us to live it. We're just going to pick up right here today, and we're going to look at letter C. All of these are in your uh, YouVersion Bible app. Go to the events, Linked Up Church. You can follow right along uh, in the notes there. Let's pick up with myths today. You know, there's one myth out there, uh, several. I only picked out four, but there are myths out there that people believe that God chooses their mate for them. How many of y'all have ever heard people say, you know, God put them in my life? Anybody ever heard? And then a few weeks later, what happened to what God put in your life? Right? And, And so sometimes God gets a bad rap because we're telling people that God put this in our lives. Right? And so that's a myth. God... You know, when people say God chose this person for me, that's a myth. God didn't do that. God doesn't choose spouses. You do. I got one hallelujah and one amen. God doesn't choose spouses. He gives us boundaries or guidelines by which we should pick our mates. All right? And so, but he doesn't choose. He only confirms. And somebody should write that down. He doesn't choose he only confirms. How many of y'all in here, you dated someone, and in here you knew something's not right about this? Anybody here willing to be honest, right? And so what was he doing? He wasn't confirming that. How I many of we learn to follow that, we won't stay in them too long? All right, and so he doesn't choose, he only confirms. And so go to Proverbs chapter 18, let's look at verse 22. Proverbs 18, 22. Proverbs 18.22 says, he who finds a wife. So whose job is it to be on the hunt? Male, right? So he who finds a wife, notice what happened. He finds a good thing. So notice it calls a wife a good thing. Didn't say who, he who finds a, a girlfriend. It's not in the Bible. He who finds a what? All right, so I got one legitimate question last week, and I'll prove this so thoroughly today that you'll walk out of here convinced. There's only one committed relationship in the earth. 
It's called a marriage. Right? It's not a commitment if we're not married. Some of that's game so that I can get all the benefits of marriage without being committed. All right? So, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, and then notice what happens to him. The Lord begins to favor them. So, he finds, and then the Lord favors the two of them, right? So, his grace comes on them. Number two, opposites attract, but not for long if there's nothing in common. All right? So, in the world, we know opposites attract. Well, I mean, you know, in a marriage, you've, you've got to have some things in common. Right. And so notice when we read in Genesis 2.18, it says, I will make him a helper comparable to him. In other words, there's complementary to him. So really, men, when you're out looking, you're looking for someone who compliments you. And ladies, when you're looking for someone to commit to for the rest of your life, you're looking for someone that you can compliment. Can everyone see that? And if that's not happening, how many know we're probably not in the right friendship? If we're fighting all the time and we're not complimenting and we're not agreeable, how many we're probably not the same? And listen to me, single people, unmarried people, you cannot force that. You're not trying to make someone be something that they don't want to be. That should happen naturally. It should be just a part of who they are. Number three, there should be some commonalities between two people, and I'll talk about those later, you know, like being saved. And being saved for real and not just attending church. I'm going to talk about that some more in a moment. Number four, the Bible gives us boundaries, okay? The Bible gives us boundaries. And the first one I want to talk about is our bodies. We've got to make a decision about our bodies. Okay, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We've got to make a decision about our bodies. One amen. We have to make a decision about our bodies. If you don't, I believe a lot of people just, they're not going to get married until they make the right decision about their body. You can't just give it away for free. No one will ever buy anything that costs them nothing. The light is in my eyes again. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 9. Now, I'm going to make the assumption that most people have already had sex. I'm not speaking to virgins. I'm going to make that assumption. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Do you not know, because a lot of people don't understand this, that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Sometimes churches no longer talk about this because they don't want to offend people. So there are key words in here to let us know what this is referring to. Is this eternal life? What is this talking about, doing life here on earth? Well, the key word here is inherit. So we know we're talking about eternal life. And he's saying the unrighteous will not inherit eternal life or the kingdom of God. We can read that that way, okay? And so a lot of times people are numb now. They can just kind of sleep together before on Saturday night, come to church, and, and don't feel nothing. I mean, that's because it's not no longer ministered about in church because no negative words in church. If it's in the Bible, it's not negative. It's meant to help us. 
right? So he says, do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Then he makes it clear what unrighteous is. Do not be deceived, neither, it's interesting, the first thing that he says, neither fornicators. Those are those that are practicing sex and they are not married. Okay, uh-uh, okay. <laughs> Let me just keep working. Somebody say, just keep working, Pastor. All right, and so no one's telling people this anymore today, right? We're, we're trying to be sensitive to everybody. But really, I don't love you if I don't tell you the truth. In reality, if I'm more sensitive to you than I am willing to tell you the truth, I don't love you. All right, so it says, neither fornicators nor idolaters, watch this, nor adulterers. See, we can't have people on the side. That's unrighteous. Watch this, nor homosexuals. God's not confused. Nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners. Watch this. And he reiterates, will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Right? And so what needs to happen, if you are currently listening to, listen to me, people. Talk to you like a father does his children. If you're currently having sex or you just recently had sex and you practice that, you are what's considered a fornicator. And now you need time to get that part of your life together. All right, so. So he goes on to give us, God is so loving and he's so caring, he gives us a way to grow out of it. Right? So watch what he goes on to say. You see, if I see a, a homosexual, a fornicator, an idolater, a, a, an adulterer, how many know in God's eyes it's all the same? And the solution is the same for all those ills. One is not worse than the other. They all need this process that I'm getting ready to describe. He says, or thieves, or covetous, or drunkards, revilers. He says, but such were some of you, but now you are washed. How many know that person needs to get saved? Because then clearly saved people don't practice fornication. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Right? So he says, but they need to be washed. Washed in what? The blood of Jesus. By the their minds need to be washed also. I need to go through a renewal process of seeing the way I used to live as wrong, conforming my mind to a new way of living, and then practicing my new belief on a daily basis, and then demonstrating over an extended period of time, I can be around the opposite sex, same sex, another married person, come on somebody, and not violate them. That takes time. When I came out of that type of lifestyle, I knew I needed time. I took four years to shut my body down. I know y'all like, that was for you, Pastor Gregory. I can do it in four days. Everybody's different, right? So am I saying you need four years? I need it all four years. Somebody out here know what I'm talking about. Matter of fact, it ended up taking seven. God said four was just to get you going, warm you up a little bit. Take another three just to make sure you're done with that stuff. Right? So now I can actually get in a relationship with someone who is today my wife and not violate her. Why? Because I allowed myself to be washed, 
my mind to be washed, and time to prove that I actually have conformed to what I believe. I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. So that's the first phase of it. Then set apart. So see, after I go through the blood of Jesus, my mind being renewed, how many know I need to be set apart from my previous life? Which means I need to go a while without being around people and learn how to love God and myself. Right? Or how many of y'all ready to creep back up? How many of y'all have, well, no, don't answer that. But, but we've all said, I'll never do that ever again. How many of you didn't give yourself enough time to be set apart from it? How do you know you're ready to go back to it? You can be around it and not be violated or violate. Isn't that good? And then you were justified. Then you've got to start seeing yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see that? You've got to see yourself that way as if I've wronged no person, right? I am as whole and clean and pure before God right now as I've ever been. And I want to keep it this way until I give all of this to my partner for the rest of my life. Everybody see that? Let's pick up in the message Bible. So you've got to make a decision about your body. So I'm declaring that every unmarried person has or will make a decision about their body today. Those were married people that said amen. I'm listening for, I'm listening for unmarried people. Amen. Say it stronger, unmarried people. Amen. Because what I'm getting ready to show you is God did not create your body for fornication. Amen. Let's read. I'm going to read out the Message Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 12. Just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. So, how I many know we're grown folks? We can do whatever we want to do. That doesn't mean it's spiritually right. Right? I mean, I have the right. I'm grown. I can cheat on my wife, but there are consequences for that spiritually. I mean, I didn't get away with that. I didn't fool God or myself. Certainly didn't fool the devil. Hello, somebody. There are consequences for that. Let's keep reading. So just because something is technically, I need a napkin up here, please. Some kind of towel, paper towel. Just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get by with, I'd be a slave to my whims. You know the old saying, I want you to listen to this analogy here because it's so clear we can all relate to this because sex and food are pretty much the same. People think they need both to live. (laughs) And what ends up happening, they overindulge in both. When really God gave us food to live. And he gave us sex for marriage. Anything else is a perversion of that truth. All right, can we keep going? So he says, listen to this. You know the old saying, first you eat to live, then you live to eat. Well, it may be true that the body is only a temporary thing, but that's no excuse for stuffing your body with food or indulging it with sex. Isn't that good? Since the master honors you with a body, then honor him with your body. 
God honored the master's body, referring to Jesus, by raising it from the grave. Now, I want you to be clear here because he's showing you that the ability to get to this resurrection has a lot to do with the decisions you make about your body. Isn't this good? Thank you. Thank you. You all got me, had me working hard up here today. <laughs> all right, so watch this. God honored the master's body by raising it from the grave. He'll treat yours with the same resurrection power until that time. Remember that your bodies are created with the same dignity as the master's body. You wouldn't take the master's body off to a whorehouse, would you? I should hope not. Message Bible. There's more to sex than mere skin to skin. I'm getting ready to educate you, okay? It's more to sex than just, see, we think we're just out here having fun, folks, but it's way deeper than that. So there's more to sex than just mere scared skin to skin. Sex is much more a spiritual mystery as it is a physical fact. Watch this. As it is written in Scripture, the two become one. So notice then, every time you have sex with someone, You marry that person spiritually. And so what ends up happening to people over time, they get so numb to having sex, thinking I'm in a committed relationship, breaking up, or what they think is we broke up, but really what you did was you divorced. And so if you start that process from the age of 12, 13, 14, I want you to see how many marriages and divorces you've actually gone through before the time you actually get married. And now you're married with all of that dysfunction, all of that in your background, all of that lack of trust. You're doing nothing no different than what you've always done. The marriage contract means nothing to you because I'm used to getting married and divorced. Prove that to me, Pastor. I don't have time to take you there. You remember in John chapter 4 when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well? Right? And he said to her, I want you to go and tell your husband. Right? What did she say? I have no husband. He said, in that you said truly, you have five husbands. She said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. So I want you to see God saw every time that she slept with someone she wasn't married to as a marriage. This is why marriage is under such attack, church. And we've got to remember it is the image of God. It is the sanctity of God. And we cannot let the world water down what God has made so beautiful and special in his eyes. We can't get caught up. It's wrong for me, for my wife to sacrifice when I had nothing, when I'm living in an 800-square-foot home. Come on, somebody. She's there with me, sacrificing with me, praying with me, there for me, having my children, helping me raise these children. Now, all of a sudden, we get the kids, and they're gone, and now I want to trade her in for a new model. That is wrong. She should enjoy all the benefits of the sacrifice for the 20-plus years that she's been with me. It should be her time now. not some hoosies time that was not there sacrificing and helping us build whatever it is that we have today. The other woman did not make the sacrifice. 
she did. And she deserves all the benefits from that. Come on, somebody ought to say amen in this church today. And it's wrong for me to, to now throw her away for some 20 years younger than her. Listen to this. The two become one. Since we want to become spiritually one with the master, we must not pursue, with, uh, th- pursue on with that kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, in- intimacy. So see, right there, folks, isn't it real clear? There's only one committed relationship. You're not in a committed relationship. Listen to me. If you're not married... And stop giving people the benefits of one. Because they will play you like a yo-yo on a string for the rest of your life. Until you wake up and realize you are much more valuable than that. If they love you, they'll commit to you. There is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. In sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies, low self-esteem, male and female. These bodies that were made for God-given and God-modeled love for becoming one with another, or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? See, you are a temple. Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God paid such a high price for? I need to say this now. Don't anyone get offended or condemned. Same thing I tell my children. If I was to give you a Bentley, would you take it to a tattoo parlor? Huh? If I blessed you with the house of your dreams, would you spray paint on that house? Isn't your body much more valuable than a car? Isn't your body much more valuable than a home? Things that make you go. That's all I'll say about that. Young people, listen to me. You got to think about when you get 40 and 50. Then that stretches. It it fit when you were like 18, 19. (laughs) Thug life. (laughs) I mean, when you get 40 and 50, thug life. Doesn't look as cool. Stretch your hands up here towards me. Just stretch your hands up here towards me. The physical part of you is not some piece of property that belongs to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So let people see God in and through your body. In other words, use your body to glorify God and not sex. Come on, church. I need a better amen in church than that. Use your body to glorify God 
and not sex, right? All of it is wrong. Homosexual sin is wrong. Heterosexual sin is wrong. Adultery is wrong. Come on, somebody. It's all wrong. It's amazing how we want to take one and try to make it bigger than all the others when God didn't do that. It's all wrong to God. Let's look at one more. Second Corinthians, God gives boundaries. So, I wouldn't date. Make a decision about your partner based off of the decisions that they've made about their body. And you've got to believe if they'll give you their body that easy, they're giving their body to somebody else that easy. If you can get it in a week, somebody else can get it in a week. Nothing special about yours. Okay. All right. Everybody clear on that. Right? You can go on a vacation and, and do that. Trust me, you weren't the only one. These people wait on people to come on vacation. <laughs> then we're exposing ourselves to all kind of stuff. See, if sex is so good, then why are there new sexually transmitted diseases every day? Why is it causing people so much harm? Let's look at another one. Boundaries. Don't become partners, 2 Corinthians 6, I'm reading 14 through 18 out of the message. Don't become partners with those who reject God. Should be real simple, shouldn't it? Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make it a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ grow strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? That's exactly what we are. Each of us a temple in whom God lives. God himself puts it this way. I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. So leave the corruption and the compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up. You see we in the Bible. Come on, linked up. Come on, linked up. You see we in here. That might be our young unmarried ministries. Link up. You never know. Don't link up. That's good. I just saw that. I'm looking at that again. Don't link up. He put us in the Bible. Man, that looks good just right there next to each other. Don't link up with those who pollute you. See, if I'm with someone and, and I see my life going down, I mean, that's not the right person to be with. If the moment me and you became friends, I got further away from God, how I many know oh, God didn't send them into my life? Right? Right? So don't, we don't want to link up with people like that. These are boundaries, right? Don't link up with those who pollute you. I want you all to myself. I'll be a father to you, and you'll be sons and daughters to me. Uh, the word of the master God. In other words, God is saying, I put my word on that. Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 says, with promises like this to pull us on, dear friends, let us make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit in holy temples for the worship of God. So two things here. If I make a decision about my body, and I make a choice about the people that I hang around with, how I many I'm going to give myself a better chance to get married in a right situation? Right? And we've just got to trust God. I went through that. I know what it's like to be 22 and like, man, everybody out here having fun. It's the summertime. I know what that's like. And I'm in the house praying. 
I know what that's like. That's tough. I know what it's like when the weekend roll around and everybody else going out to have a good time, and you got to make different choices because everybody's not trying to live the way you're trying to live. But, but trust me, now I've had 20-something years to see the end result of those choices, and it's clear who made the better choices. Amos 3.3 says, do two walk together except they make an appointment and have agreed? No, the answer to that is no. Two people cannot walk unless they agree, right? And so let me help the males out here. That is your responsibility to set those boundaries the moment I make a decision that I want to pursue friendship with the opposite sex. It's your job to tell her that we will not have sex uh, during this friendship, Right? It's your job to protect her and be a protector to her, not see her as just a piece of meat to take advantage of. Once again, nothing but female amens. A lot of males in this church. Let me say that again. To the males, it is your job to protect her and set the boundaries for this friendship. It should be done right at the front so that it is clear that I will not violate your body. Amen. We will do things God's way, Amen. right? And then, ladies, what you want to do is make sure that he's not talking game because that's going to sound good at, at the beginning. But if he turns around and that turns very quickly, then it should also let you know that he's not who he says he is. And listen, ladies, if he'll lie to you on the front end, he'll lie to you throughout the entire process. Because he's using lies to get you, so now he's got to use lies to keep you. Dating, there's an app for that. Everybody wants a new app. Here's a new app for you, okay? Here's a, a real good app for you, dating. Letter D, there's an app for that. A person must be born again, and I added this, with fruit. They, don't, they shouldn't just be saved. They should be saved with fruit. I mean, a lot of saved people with no fruit. So let's talk about that. Five Gs. I can remember when I set my daughter down on a bed. I just bought her her first purity diamond, and I walked her through everything I'm sharing with you all today. And when I got here, I made this real simple to her. And it's amazing how she just, she, her heart was so soft. And, and I, at the end of it, I said, you won't ever have to do any of this because what I'm promising you is I'll take care of you until I walk you down that aisle. You just trust God. I'll take care of everything else until we walk you down the aisle. This is a simple formula. Don't blink on this. Pay attention to this, okay? Five Gs. Number one, do they glorify? Well, what does that mean? Do they worship? See, see, when they come to church and worship songs are being sung, their hands should be up. It's an act of surrender. If they're not, how I many you know it's also a sign that that heart is not surrendered? To know God is to worship God. Do, are they surrendered? See, where, where are they at where holiness is concerned? Here's a real key one that you don't want to believe on. Do they tithe? Do, are they givers? Because that's going to affect your financial future. So I don't want to be around. I want to be with people that don't trust God. <laughs> are they obedient? Number two, are they growing? 
See, not just attending church. Are they growing? What does that look like? Do they have a personal study or do they just come to church? Is there, are they interested in any systematic class teaching? So, in other words, I'm saved now. Is there a class I can go to to grow in my salvation? Are they interested in that? Do they have a devotion line? Are they faithful in their church attendance? Do they value what God values? If you, if you don't, we've got a growth experience coming up here in a couple of weeks that you can sign up for, systematic teaching. You say, I'm saved now, or I just want to grow in my salvation. See, those are things that you pay attention to because that's someone that's chasing God. And if you're a female, it's easy to chase or follow someone that's chasing God. You don't want to keep telling him, let's go. Are you, did you pray? See, he should be leading that charge. Number three, does he give? Does he use or her? Does she give? Do they use their gifts to serve God? See, and others, are they part of the dream team, small groups? That's attractive. Because now the person is showing that I'm willing to make myself available for God. They're showing that I'm uprooting selfishness because marriage is about giving. Right? And they're showing that I'm willing to uproot selfishness and serve. And I'm willing to use my gifts, talents, graces, and abilities to serve God. And you might say, well, we're married out here. What does this have to do with us? How many married people should be growing in all five of these things, these five areas, right? And then do I gain here? Number four, do I gain? Friends, are my friends other believers that I spend quality time with? See, because we are who we hang around. And so, fellas, I mean, if all her friends don't know Jesus, don't want, don't, who is Jesus? Is that, where, where, should tell you something, right? Same thing on the other side, ladies, if all he hangs out with, people that don't know God should tell you something. He's probably the same way. What a guy will do is go to your church uh, so that you can come to his church. You know what I mean by that? He knows church is important to you. So he'll give you what you want so that you can get, he can get what he wants. So in other words, I went to church with you. Now come on and let's go to this club tonight. This little cabaret or whatever it is. Do they still have cabarets? I'm telling on myself. No. Is that a Detroit, Michigan thing? or the, That's Detroit. Let me move on away from that. That's all my uncles in there. They, every, listen to this sidetrack. My uncle has a visa card for a cabaret. So in other words, he prepaid for the whole year. So all he's got to go in and do is show his card. I said, man, uncle, that is too deep right there. But if my uncle ever visits this church, listen, ladies, He's not ready. (laughs) Somebody say amen out there. (laughs) He's not ready. (laughs) And then go. Are they concerned about souls? I love this one. Within and without the church. That's going to always be, see, that's a dating app for you. See, the, right, you can go right down that line. Do they glorify God? Are they growing? Do they give? What type of friends do they hang around? And how do they see, how do they view souls? See, all they check off all that list, watch this, then still give them time. Right? At least this is my recommendation. People should be friends at least one year before you commit to some kind of counseling. And then you shouldn't get engaged until after you go through counseling. 
and then be engaged for at least six months. Now you've given yourself at least a year and a half to two years to see if this friendship can last a lifetime. You don't know people after 90 days. I mean, in most of those cases, I'm hot. I'm on fire. We'll work out all the rest later. Let's just get married so I can get this monkey off my back. <laughs> we'll work out all the rest later. Anybody here know what I'm talking about, willing to be honest? And you say, well, Pastor, what'd you do? People always ask me that. I took three years, three years to have a solid friendship with no sex. With no sex, Amen. no tongue kissing. Amen. Now, y'all like, that's the devil right there. Ain't nobody going there. This is 2017. That ain't. I mean, you got to know you. I just knew me. I knew that that was that kiss, that was it. Once I went down that road, that was it right there. I, it, there was no coming back from me once we started that. Right? And I got scripture on that. I got text on that. James chapter 3 says, the tongue can no man tame. <laughs> Come on, read your Bible. Right? Doesn't it go on to say that the tongue controls the whole body? I'm taking it out of context there, right? I'm taking it out of context. But I think you all get the point, right? Over in that world, it really does control the body. I don't know of anybody that's kissing like that and, and, and not thinking about taking that to the next level. I just, maybe it's just me. I've never kissed like that and my hands don't get involved. Now, how many know the rest of the body just started moving? And before you know it, you're dry heaving. Now you're in trouble. Hard to come back once that, once that gets lit like that. Y'all don't mind me being honest in here, do you? I knew that about myself, so I told her we can't kiss like that because I'm trying to make it to the holy place still holy. It's his responsibility to pursue. Ladies, relax. Stop chasing. And wait to be chased. Okay? Remember what Proverbs 18.22 says. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains faith. Who does the finding? All right, let me go through these very quickly. Men, number one, men are to pursue. Right? You can't be afraid of rejection. You can't be that way. You've got to be confident in your pursuit. Period. You've got to step to the table like... If she does not respond properly, something, something's wrong with her. Just the confidence you've got to bring to that. Women love confidence. They can tell when you're approaching them scared. That's not attractive. See, if you're truly single, whole, then your attitude should be that's her loss. And then vice versa, if he pursues you and decides that you're not the right one, 
then you've got to have a position, ladies, that God's got something better for me. That doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It just means we're not right for each other. And you don't lose your confidence over that. You actually gain confidence by knowing that God protected you. Because sometimes rejection is God's protection. Ladies, if you're interested, then give the fella some indication that you are. You can't be hard all the time. You got to be sweet. Can't be walking around looking like, don't say nothing to me. If you, you know, you already know. Come, come in. You already know. You can't walk around like that. You got to give us indications. Give him a green light by your interaction, your response, your efforts, right? Listen to this, though. But if you're not inter- uh, interested, you can still be kind. You don't have to go off on him. You don't have to. What made you think you could say something to me anyway? You don't need to do stuff like that. Be kind. Be sweet. Say thank you for even showing interest in me. I appreciate that. But today, just in this moment, I'm just not interested, but I appreciate you taking the time and, and saying hello and doing that. Thank you. God bless you. But if you are interested, make sure he knows. You know how to do that. I don't need to even talk about that. You know how to do that. Am I right, ladies? You know how to do that, right? Three, men choose, women decide. Men offer, women accept or deny. So two things I want to say here, especially to the ladies. No man has ever made you do anything you didn't want to do. Did you hear what I just said? Right? So you don't have to accept everything that they offer. So men choose, women decide. Men offer, women accept or deny. When will I know it's the right time? I'm getting ready to sit my son down now, have this same conversation, put a promise bracelet on his wrist, and this is how we teach and we train our children. Go to Jeremiah 29. 20 years ago when I first said this, shared it, people said that's what God told him. And so that's not for me. And I've watched all these people do things, get married. I've had 20 years to watch a whole lot of situations now. And I study them. Trust me when I tell you this. I watch them. I study them. And let me tell you, ladies, when you don't require a man to be a man, he'll never be one. If it's not required. But let me say this to the men. You should not need a woman to require anything of you. You should require it of yourself. Jeremiah 29. We'll talk about what this looks like. Now, I've seen him get married. I'm telling you, and, and I see he still never became the standard. I don't know of one yet. I don't even know of one that actually became this standard in marriage. I don't even know of one, right? Because it wasn't required on the front end. It wasn't required by him, and it wasn't required by her. And I've seen the results of that. Okay? Watch this. Jeremiah 29. Thus says the Lord. Let me give you a little backdrop. They're in captivity, right? Through their disobedience. Uh, They've been taken away by the Babylonians. And God's given them a prophetic word on how to be successful in captivity. 
Nothing changed. It's the same prophetic word that was in Genesis chapter 1. We find it all throughout the New Testament as well. It says, thus saith the Lord of hosts. Now, if you're married, men, this should still be the goal, what I'm sharing with you right now. You don't get a pass from this throughout the course of your life. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, uh, for I have called all, who have called all those to be carried away captive, whom I have called to be carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. He's speaking specifically to the men here. He says, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat the fruit of. Then take a wife. Process. And then begat sons and daughters. Process. And then take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters. Watch this. So that there you may be increased. So notice he told them how to increase. All right. Well, what does that look like? Let's just walk through these fellows. Listen very carefully. Should not take a woman to require this from you. Men require this from themselves. Okay, watch this. Number one, you want to have your own place and transportation. Period. You've got to get out of your parents' home. And you've got to cut all ties, responsibility, and dependency from your home, your parents. You've got to do it. And you should require that of yourself. Well, I, I can just help him for a season. That season becomes a lifetime. Listen to me when I tell you. I got 20 years of watching this. Fellas, have your own place and transportation. That's what he meant when he said build houses and dwell in them. See, it's livable. He said plant gardens and eat the fruit of it. So your home should have furniture. It should be livable. Number two. You can pay the bills with no assistance. What's the key two words there? No assistance. You can pay the bill. This is what I tell my son. Son, you're not ready to date till you don't live here anymore. (laughs) Well, what about when I go to college? If you're paying your, are you ready to get married while you're a college student? So, you know, I can't force him to do this, but what I want to make sure is that he knows. He cannot go through life not knowing. Right? See, that doesn't mean, folks, after you get married, man, that she can't help you. But you've got to own the responsibility that I can take care of this. And you should require that of yourself. Number three, should have a career, occupation, or job to sustain all of the above. What is that? His own place, his own transportation, uh, that house is livable, and he can pay all of the bills, listen again, with no assistance. Number four, enjoy a season of wholeness and singleness. Every man needs some time on his own to figure himself out. If he's never figured himself out, he will never figure his marriage out, and he'll never figure his family out because he's never figured himself out. And he needs time to develop, ladies. Let him develop, period. He might be the right one, but it's not the right time if he's still living at home and he does not have a job, he does not have transportation, he has not proven he can pay his own bills with no assistance, he might be cute, it might be the right one, he might be heading in the right direction, but let him get there. 
So he enjoys a season of this. Bills are paid. Listen to this. No credit card debt. Three to six months savings in the bank. Can that man save money? Watch this. Has he been on his job for at least a year? He cannot be in between jobs. Because people will be in between jobs as a career. Man, if you all don't say amen out here, I'm, I, I'm finding a way to come. to Stop looking at me like I'm not telling the truth. He cannot be in between jobs. Men will be in between jobs as a career if it's not required. Now, listen, ladies, if you marry him and you didn't require this on the front end, keep your zip. And love him like he is for the rest of your lives. How come I just feel like how come I'm not getting any love, no support? No amens. No, that's good, pastor. No, thank you, pastor. I appreciate you, pastor. Tell us the truth, pastor. Oh, that's, woo! I'm getting ready to be strong, folks. I'm not backing off any of this. Figure you out first, fellas. We've got financial peace for you. We've got job link for you. We've got all kind of ways to help you figure you out. We've got the growth experience. Get you together so you can feel good about you. Then when you feel good about you, you can give that to somebody else. Listen to this. Number five, I'm being very strong with this. Don't date or marry until you've gone through this process of development. You should teach your children this. What are they doing at 15? What can they do but just breathe on each other and (laughs) kiss and fill on each other? What can they? They can't do nothing for each other. We don't teach our children boyfriend, girlfriend. We teach them marriage. And everything you're doing right now is to prepare for the most important relationship you'll ever have in this life. Well, what's a boyfriend? A boy who's a friend. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Is this anywhere near close, near the truth? Watch this now. Again, if you're married, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to unmarried people. Children should be planned for. Not just we want kids. Are you ready for kids? Listen, it should be easy. If I couldn't take care of me, I can't take care of her. Why are we having kids? I'm just telling you the truth. You listening back there, young fella? You listening? Plan for children after you've proven you can take care of you and your wife. Now, that doesn't mean she can't help you, especially when there are no children. 
That's the time that she should be helping. Right? Then you can bank all of her income, prepare for the kids, right? That's really the time. That's what it's really time she should be helping you the most. Getting ahead of the kids. Number seven. If you can't do this for you, in most cases, this is what I've seen for 20 years, you will never do this for your family. Ladies, letter E. Allow him to develop while at the same time developing yourself spiritually, intellectually, physically, your purpose, domestically, etc. Right? You are in the driver's seat, ladies. You do not have to do anything prematurely. You just keep getting you together. And this is what you have to trust. My faith is in God. In the same way I'm preparing myself, God has someone else preparing themselves for me. And I've got to trust that God can bring two people together at the right time who have prepared for each other so that they can live a good life together that reflects his image in the earth. I've got to trust that regardless of what's happening to everyone else, I must believe that God will reward my faithfulness. There's a right and a wrong way to do everything. Be determined by faith to do things God's way and trust that his grace will make it easy for you. Did you all get anything out of this today? Did you all get anything out of this today? Praise God. Let's, let, let's all stand on our feet. I just want to pray for all of our, matter of fact, unmarried, just the unmarried. Stand on your feet very quickly. If you are unmarried, stand on your feet very quickly. Unmarried, stand on your feet. Just unmarried, stand on your feet. Now I want you to look around the room. Just take a good look around the room. Not for the purpose of, I know you could hear that like to see if somebody, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm showing you, folks, is there's a healthy amount of unmarried people that attend church. Right? And if we all just make this about God's business, we're going to find each other when we get serious about this. It's the right and the wrong way to do everything. And so when I choose wrong, how many of you know I prolong receiving right? And I sabotage my own future. So I just want to pray over you today that that the words that you heard will really get in your heart, that it wasn't another church message, but it was something that you received from God. Listen, I've got 20 years of fruit of this. I'm not saying any of this. Listen, it's not about Joel and Patricia Gregory, but we have the fruit from this. Doing this the right way. Okay, we have it. Now I'm not going to back off of it. I'm not going to be afraid to share it. I'm going to talk about it on the rooftops. I pray they put me on television show. Listen, Steve Harvey, thank God for Steve Harvey, but, man, that 90-day rule is not God. And people buying that stuff. And listen, a guy wait till day 91. Crack that safe, and he's gone. Father, I pray for every unmarried person in this room today that they'll see things from your point of view and from your perspective. That they didn't just hear another sermon today, Father, but I pray that their hearts have heard a message directly from your heart to theirs. And they'll make a real decision about that no matter the age, whether they're teenagers, it doesn't matter, all the way up to 90 years of age. There's a right and a wrong way. And, Father, they're embracing the right way today. 
And my prayer is that you will reward everyone with a godly relationship that reflects your image. And, Father, so that we can have more marriages that looks like heaven. And so, Father, I pray that they won't be distracted by the world, the way the world does things. Father, they won't let their their peers get to them, but they'll embrace this. And I pray that everyone will walk in the fruit of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Let's everyone else stand on our feet. Let's just lift our hands. And let's just begin to thank God for all of our unmarried people today. Just open up your mouth, begin to worship God. I want you all to continue to pray for me.